O for 150. But halfway to a one now. And did Grant Williams step over Kyle Lowry last night, or was he getting the ball? Or was he realizing halfway through, oh, this is aggressive. I just stepped over Kyle Lowry. Maybe I'll just pretend like I'm getting the ball with this panel. Let's go. All of it. All of it. Over 150. Is How come Grant Williams didn't poke the bear left? Over 150. Celtics 110, Heat 97. Not as close as the final score suggests, as we say. Over from the start, really. But now we're seeing the adjustments and the adjustments to the adjustments. Boston's better start. Boston's more active defense. They're turning over Adebayo at will. Jimmy Butler, been harder for him to find buckets. But Butler's still smiling in the locker room after the loss. Quote, last two games are not who we are. It's going to be all smiles. We're going to keep it very, very, very consistent, knowing that we're going to win the next game. End quote. It's the debate of the day. Should the Heat be worried? Should the Celtics feel like they can do this? Frank Isola, around the horn to you. You know what? Miami's going to be facing a lot of pressure, but it's still their series to win. Gabe Vincent should be available for game six. That's going to help in a lot of ways. And you showed the stat. There's a reason why 150 teams in NBA history have taken a 3-0 lead and have lost 150 times. It's only happened four times in the NHL where a team has come back. It happened once in baseball. And, Bill, before you ask, it's never happened in the NFL. So don't even ask that question. But Miami <laughs> has a toughness about them. They did not play well in games four and five. They will play a lot better. And remember, this is not Philadelphia wilting down the stretch in game six or Philadelphia in game seven. This is Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. They are not going to wilt in a tight game. Mm -hmm. Bill Plaschke? Frank, you're 0 in 150 in showdowns against me, so I wouldn't talk. But I, th I, I, I think the Boston, I think they, right. in this game, I think the Heat, they fell behind 20 to 5 and they kind of packed it in. They, they knew they're going back to Miami. Jimmy Butler averages 20 drives a game. He only had 10 drives. He was a minus 24, the worst in the team. It was his worst scoring game of the postseason. This is not going to happen again. I think this, this, this is a fool's gold. It was a game that, that Boston was going to win anyway. I'm not worried about the heat. You think Jimmy Butler packed it in just because it was 20 to 5 in the first? You think Jimmy Butler packed it in in Uno? I don't think so. Uh, Courtney Cronin, let me go for the debate of the day. Should the Heat be worried? Should the Celtics feel good? Celtics should feel good because they've been in this spot before, winning seven elimination games, seven times facing elimination mm. in the last two seasons. And we know the stat about teams that have been able to force a game seven when down three to zero. The one advantage that the Celtics would have if they become the fourth team to do that in NBA history is that game seven would be at home. And if they win in game six right. down in Miami, where we know they play better on the road, they're going to be heavily favored back in Boston. So, yes, I think Miami ends up winning this series. I think it goes seven. I think that the Heat end up winning in Boston. But they certainly should feel some pressure on them, considering the circumstances of injuries and everything else that have affected them in these last two losses. Harry Lyles, Jr. Look, I think the Heat don't necessarily have to have a big worry yet. I do think that the Celtics should feel good about what they've done. And I would also like to pat myself on the back because I said the key to this series was going to be if the Celtics are engaged, they are going to be in business. If they are not engaged, the Heat are going to make them pay. And that has been the case. What game a scoop by that game. was. Defensively, what a scoop the Celtics, that is. <laughs> the, the, the Celtics that. defensively, yeah. was it was absolutely key that last game because they held Jimmy Butler to 10 shots 
in 34 minutes with Gabe Vincent out. You needed Kyle Lowry and Max Strus to show up, and they didn't. They shot three of 10 for a combined eight points, and they packed the paint and made things absolutely difficult for Bam Adebayo, who also had six turnovers. When the Celtics decide they want to be the good Celtics, they are the good Celtics, and they are probably mm -hmm. the hardest team to beat. And when they okay. are not. Okay. <laughs> but maybe, Harry, you should decide that you want to be the good Harry to win the show today. You know, there's an old rule in Around the Horn. Uh, Self-promotion is the mating call of the mute button. There we go. Frank Isola, back to you. Yeah, and to Courtney's point, the Celtics are 5-5 five and five at home this postseason, so it's not a guarantee if they get a game seven that they're going to win it. But, Bill, you talk about fool's goal. First of all, Boston is 38-2 and two this season, including playoffs when they shoot 40% or better on threes. They've done that the last two games. And that zone defense that Miami went to last night, it kind of backfired. 21 possessions. Boston scored uh, uh, 1.4 points per possession when they went to zone. So, Miami, that was the big thing. Go zone. It backfired last okay. night. Courtney Cronin, you alluded to the stat that we all know now because Bob Ryan gave us a history lesson. Teams that are down 0-3 have made it to a game 7-3 time. The 1951 Knicks, Tony. It was tied with a minute to go. Tricky Dick Maguire. Look at this video. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where did you find These guys would dominate today. Uh, but it was dominate. the Rochester Royals who closed that series. I wrote the game Looking that. ahead tomorrow night. This is amazing video. Points that. to Jeff Weiner and Terry Corrigan. Uh, looking ahead to tomorrow night in Miami, what's the most important thing for Miami? What's the most important thing for Boston? Frank Isola, around the horn to you. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with Jimmy Butler, who's reached this amazing status that when he plays well, everyone writes poems about him. When he has a game like last night, everybody completely ignores it. It has to be Jimmy Butler getting into the paint, creating contact. But I'll say this about the Boston Celtics. The first basket of the game started when Marcus Smart dove on the floor for a loose ball started fast break. Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, and my guy, Grant Williams, when those guys are out there, they defend. They bring a defensive mindset. And Jason Tatum last night scored 21. It felt like he scored 35. That's how dominant he was. All Harry Lyle, Saturday night, game six. Most important thing for Miami, most important thing for Boston. So for the Celtics, obviously, it's going to still be stay engaged. But to me, this is a massive <laughs> you will moment not give for up Jason on that. Tatum. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. It's, it's a big moment for Jason Tatum, though, because, look, we know he's going to show up in the big games. We all talk about what he did in Game 7 against the Sixers. But also, he needs to be the person that when things perhaps start going bad for them, that he's like, hey, like, let's go pick them up. They need that sort of veteran leadership. He's more than capable of providing that for them. And for Miami... Again, it's going to have to be a big game for Jimmy Butler. He actually said that yesterday when they stopped not making their shots, they stopped playing defense, and so they just kind of gave up in the second half. They're not going to be able to do that. And then Eric Spolstra needs to be the tactician that we all know that he is from game to game as well. For the Celtics, they need to look like the team that shot 37.7% from three in the regular season. There's a reason they were the sixth best three-point shooting team, and that showed up the last two games where they outscored the Heat by 51 from deep. So that's the key for Boston for the Heat. How about holding on to the ball and actually, like, having some sort of, like, uh, tact there? Because when Gabe Vincent's not in the game, their turnover rate – Per 100 possessions went from 13.4, the first four games of this series, to 18.6 without mm. him on the floor. So turnovers, a big issue for a team that had 16 of them in game right. five. And then Vincent's availability then would be huge coming Saturday night. Bill Plaschke, after the horn. Thank you for mentioning Gabe Vincent finally, Courtney. Yes, he's, he's huge this game. Okay. And if he plays, he's a plus 34, the, most, the best uh, on the floor during this series. For Boston, they need, again, to attack, to get their turnovers. And Jalen Brown needs to shoot well. 
Jalen Brown's been, you know, touted as a number, great number two guy, wants to be number one guy. He needs to show it. We've been horned. We'll move on to the NFL news of the day. Maybe expected, but officially happening. DeAndre Hopkins released by the Arizona Cardinals. So there's the deal that he had with Arizona that has just been paying him money and very little for the Cardinals to show for it. They cut uh, ship right there. But also, what happens next? for DeAndre Hopkins, where he might land. Some attractive names there. Kansas City, Baltimore, the Jets, maybe some dark horses like the Detroit Lions, Courtney Cronin. Let's have some fun and debate best landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, the team I cover, the Chicago Bears, should at least place a call okay. to try to see if DeAndre Hopkins would come here. But he wants to go to a contender. He was on the I Am Athlete podcast. He listed a bunch of names, including Kansas City. And while he'd probably have to take a pretty significant pay cut to go to Kansas City due to their cap situation, one team he did not name would be the Dallas Cowboys. They have the finances to make it work, and they have a pretty good receiving core, as is you put him in that receiving core, easily the best in the NFC. So I think Dallas is a very sneaky spot for DeAndre Hopkins to land. Harry Lyles Jr., what team needs to make a play for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, if he wants to win, Kansas City, I think, is easily the place to go. Buffalo would also be great, but he's also not going to fix their issue of needing to be able to run the football. A mm. team that sort of actually sticks out to me in all of this is the New England Patriots. You're in a division where we've been talking all offseason about not just all the quarterbacks in that division that are great, but also the wide receivers. And you're on the short end of both of those sticks. So DeAndre Hopkins would be a veteran not only to be able to help that receiving core because they got a bunch of players but not a bunch of big names that you know in there. He could also perhaps help Mac Jones. And he gives you something that you absolutely need. And I think that Bill Belichick would probably be the type of Sure, sure. You, you think Hopkins team. would sign on with Mac Jones over some of the other options that are out there? New England should go for okay. it. They should. Frank Isola, how about you? I love that Courtney mentioned Dallas because everyone in the media now is going to link him to the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys because anytime any player becomes available, he's linked to the Dallas Cowboys. But for me, there is one guy. Do you want to win? Do you want to play two home games and get to a Super Bowl? Who's the team that does that all the time? You go play with Patrick Mahomes. You know, you, you're making a ton of money as it is. Now it's about winning. It's about legacy. If you have a chance to go to Patrick Mahomes, is there any other player you want to play with? Come on. It's one guy. Bill Plaschke. A couple years ago, there was a certain team out there that added a player, a receiver with a checkered pass, and he helped them to a Super Bowl. That would be the Rams. The Rams could, per could be perfectly landing spot. They won because of Aaron Donald. Jr. <laughs> they, had, they had the great – Sean McVay runs a great culture in the locker room. They would embrace oh, him. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't right sure if we were expecting you. This is, is this Homer Bill or is this uh... – No, this is true. The, the, the Rams need a, a deep receiver. He's perfect. With Cooper Cup. He'll get a lot of, get a lot of action. It, it, they did it with Odell Beckham Jr. They can do it with DeAndre Hopkins. Frank, you mentioned Seriously, everybody. No, no, it's right. Frank, you mentioned everybody. The Dallas Cowboys always are on the play for that. And it's the same with the Los Angeles Lakers. Plasky, exactly who are the Lakers yeah. giving up for Trey Young, right? It was What was it? It was a draft pick maybe in six years for Trey Young? Mo Bamba. <laughs> we'll be back by our second round pick. The Horn is brought to you by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Dallas Stars 3, Vegas Golden Knights 2. Joe Pavelski, overtime game winner, season saver for Dallas. We just talked about the 0 for 150 in basketball. Yes, hockey Four times the team has come back from 0-3. 201 times they didn't. For Dallas, finally to break through, win a tight overtime game without Jamie Benn, who will also be without tomorrow night. Bill, does it mean Dallas can and should have some hope? Tony, you know who one of those four teams that came back was? The 2014 LA Kings. You know who they beat? The Sharks. You know who the star of the Sharks was? Go Joe Pavelski. Pavelski. All right, there so we go. He's been there. He knows that they can do it. A long tale on that kite about Los Angeles to start from Bill Plasky, but you got there. Courtney Cronin. The stars have been with Pavelski in the spot, just to what uh, Bill was saying. I mean, this eight, this is 18 times now he's had a game-winning goal in the postseason. It's happened four times in this run. I think this comes down to Jason Robertson, though. For as great as Joe Pavelski is, not showing any signs of slowing down, it's Robertson, Robertson who had 11 shots on goal last night, two of which resulted in goals. Pavelski and Robertson had a tough first three games, Harry. Some hope now that they've opened up a little bit for Dallas? No, if I'm a Stars fan, I'm, this makes me even more upset about game three that you just threw away. This has been a tight series. I would feel better if they perhaps would have blown them out, but they haven't really shown you anything that shows you that these games are going to be a 50-50 proposition, and you're doing this against the Golden Knights team that was the number one team in the Western Conference. No, I'm not buying Frank it. Frank You know what? Tim Show has been in Europe during this series. You guys are out to lunch. The series is still controlled by Vegas. Come on. Number one, you all completely dismissed the fact it was a power play goal, and Jamie Benn is still suspended for the next game. And Vegas, here's another one, is the better team. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. There is a hot streak going on in baseball right now. Look at this. The hot streak is Aaron Boone getting hot. Last night he was tossed. Last week he was tossed. Three in the last ten games. And four for the season. Four. Yes, thank you, Aaron. Last night it was the strike zone squeeze. You could look at the uh, 
some of the calls he was arguing or the full night for the umpire. There's the do it because you're upset about a call, and there's the do it to fire up your team. Frank, buy or sell this hot streak Boone's on. Yeah, four out of their last ten games. By the way, the Yankees have won seven of their last ten games. So here, here's the thing with Boone. I think, number one, is he sticking up for his players? It's part of that. Is he feeling a little bit of pressure? I think that's also part of it, the payroll they have. And look at the teams above them, Tampa and Baltimore. Harry Lowes, Jr. Yeah, I'm buying it. He's sticking up for his guys. Clark Schmidt said that, that they like that. Um, and as somebody that grew up watching the best manager of all time getting ejected, Bobby Cox, I am now concerned that his record could be in danger. He was ejected 162 times over the course of his career. If Boone keeps this up, he'll get to 178, but he would Is also that right? Oh, you've done the math. He's pacing out. That's impressive. I wonder what, do we know what the season record is for ejections? That's something to wonder. Courtney Cronin. Earl Weaver. I'm buying that the fours that he threw up in Edwin Moscoso's face, that's going to be a memeable moment. I can't wait to use that on Twitter one day. But on top of this, he's building a bad reputation right now with the umpires. There's one thing to stand up for your pitcher so he doesn't have to argue those calls, balls and strikes on his own. But this is four times in 54 games this season where he's been injected. Mm-hmm. Bill Plasky. Harry, Bobby Cox managed during a time when this was considered heroic. But that, those times are gone. With, re, with replay, with the pitch clock, nobody argues anymore. It's, it's worthless. It, it doesn't mean anything. It shows desperation. I guarantee his team is laughing about it in the clubhouse. It's a bad look. Season record, 11. Bobby Cox had 11, as you said, Harry Lyles. Junior, a few others. McGraw in there. And then Earl Weaver, 10 in his season. Frank, you were close on that one as well. We'll move on. The next question is buy or sell robot umpires because... Boone was asked after the game, you got tossed now for the fourth time this season. Do you want robot umps? And he said, no, he doesn't want that. But with Pitch Tracker so readily available and that you know instantaneously if the pitches were painting the box or not. And with the minor leagues already test driving, and AAA uses an automatic strike zone half the games on their schedule now to challenge umps uh, on the other half of it. So buy or sell robot umps in the future, Courtney Cronin. I'm buying it. Major League Baseball has been testing this technology since 2019, I believe in the Atlantic League. So very clearly they're putting an emphasis on that. And the one thing, though, because we talk about like the uniformity of the strike zone, which is laughable because there is one in the rule book, but every umpire interprets that's their own way. If they're going to go robo-umps, they have to have a new uniform strike zone. Mm-hmm. Bill Plaschke. As Jeff Passan wrote, when properly calibrated, the ABS system works to perfection. Why would baseball ignore perfection? You got to go to the robot gumpire. Frank Isola? It's headed this way. I think it's a good idea. I just love the fact that right now they're using the robo-umps during the week and the regular umps on the, on the weekend. The robo-umps get better hours than actual people. How is that even possible? <laughs> Come on. Oh, ridiculous. That is such a Frank Isola thing. And Harry Lyles Jr. Yeah, I mean, you know, once we start testing these things out in the lower ranks, it obviously ends up being a thing that's going to happen. But not only is this good for the game just because you're getting the calls right, is there anything that is more frustrating than watching a game at home and we know whether something is a ball or a strike and then you see an umpire All right, call some it have argued. I hear not you. only is this good for the game, it's good for the view. Some have argued the human element's important. Some have argued framing pitches is, a, is an art form among catchers, and that's... Okay, everybody now. Yeah, this four. This is the, right. This is Aaron Boone's beam uh, and the four horsemen's beam here. Four. <laughs> Klashke and Harry Lyles. Fourth quarter. Like your idol, Bobby Cox, not seeing the end of the four. game today. 
Throwing in ice. Showdown next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Courtney Crone and Frank Isola, good luck in showdown. There Take were some the game-winning game celebrations. Too far ahead. Oh, that I'd like um, to talk about. Sure that we... <laughs> <laughs> Celtics. Uh, yeah, Grant Williams' teammates were feeling very comfortable with uh, spanking him. And then Maryland baseball they had a walk-off Gatorade drop in the middle of their their stampede. So, which celebration was the better example of doing too much, Courtney? Tony, I go back to my server days with that Maryland baseball example. Two hands on the important product, not just showing off my dexterity, carrying the, pl- carrying the plates mm. that way. Two hands, Maryland baseball. Right, guys, Sola? Uh, Courtney, I went to Maryland. We spent a lot of time studying, not so much on how we're going to hold a Gatorade bucket, so enough with that. I was spilling it. Oh, it's them slapping me. Grant Williams, and Al Horford hit him so hard. He deserved a pat on the back for the way that he played. Not a hard oh, slap. Man. Uh- Grant Williams alone. <laughs> just a little pat. There's a Key and Peele skit. Do you guys watch Key and Peele back when it was on? It's just hilarious about that. Oh, those sounded loud. Those, those are incredible. We're going to split the point. We'll move on. But wow, Grant Williams. He might be uh, questionable for the next game. We'll move on. Need your take on this. Carmelo recently sold off his dream team memorabilia. Okay? He sold 24 pieces, including game-worn autographed jerseys from Michael Jordan, and Larry Bird, and Charles Barkley, and Clyde Drexler, literally gifted to him, to Carl, it says on these jerseys. And I enjoyed being your teammate, it says on these jerseys. <laughs> Malone made $5 million from his sale of Dream Team memorabilia. Frank, can you, sell your, can you sell stuff your teammates gifted you if they were on the Dream Team with you? Yeah, that is the ultimate re-gifting, giving it and getting $5 million back. I'll tell you a quick story. A couple of years ago, I had a dumpster in front of my house, got rid of my junk. It's so liberating. It was one of the best days of my life. It's after a while, it's just junk for Carmelo, and I didn't get junk. five million. This is the dream team memorabilia, Courtney Cronin. Yeah, I hope whoever gets the Clyde Drexler jersey realizes that's not such a ringing endorsement of uh, Carl Malone as a teammate. He's known as the mailman, but I hope the post office stops delivery on these. Wow, Cordy, that's great. Wow, that's mean. You know what you need? You need need to be named Carl. All these said to Carl. All right, FaceTime, Cordy Cronin. The K. If you are in Chicago on June 21st, I hope to see you at Tau Chicago to honor my former colleagues, Jeff Dickerson and Vaughn McClure. You can buy your tickets to the foundation event, tvmjdfoundation.org. See it right there on the screen. What a way to honor their memory. I know how much they meant to you, Courtney Cronin. Thank you for that. We're uh, off for the weekend, but back Memorial Day. We'll see you Monday around the world.